morning, everybody. I hope you're all doing well, and welcome back to She Speaks, the weekly podcast in which we admire some outstanding and rebellious women who stood up for themselves, and no matter what obstacles they faced, they overcame them and have come here to explain how they achieved this empowerment. So, for today, we are privileged to talk to four incredible women from the Pulitzer Prize-winning novel, The Color Purple. One of them being the author herself, Alice Walker. So without further ado, let's welcome the marvelous author of this prize-winning novel, Alice Walker. Welcome, Alice, to the show. Hello, Diana. Hello to everyone listening and watching. Thank you so much for having me here. We are immensely honored to have you here with us today. First of all, congratulations on becoming the first African-American woman to win the Pulitzer Prize. Thank you very much. And would you care to explain to our audience, for those who don't know what your novel, The Color Purple, is about? Yes, of course. The Color Purple is about the protagonist, Silly, who will be arriving shortly with the other girls, and she embarks on a journey of self-discovery. She starts to discover more about herself while healing past traumas and having to live in a patriarchal society where men uphold the power in the house. And to survive in this society, the union of women's sisterhood is essential and is what helps them overcome all the problems that get in their way. Although your novel is fictional, I believe you wrote the reality for many women out there who are probably going through the same as Silly or some other characters from the book. So thank you for that. Now let's welcome the stars of today's podcast episode, the warriors who gave it all in this book. Let's give a round of applause to Silly, Shock Avery, and Sophia. Welcome girls to the show. I'm so glad you can make it here today. Good morning, Anna. Thank you so much for having us here. So, Silly, good morning. How are you today? I'm well, Anna. Thank you. How are you? I'm great. Thank you. So, to start off, I just wanted to mention how much you've developed throughout this story, mainly mentally, looking out more for yourself and believing that you deserve much better than the trauma you've been left with since childhood. So, can you tell us how you felt before and after this transition? I want to start off by saying that I feel fresh like lettuce now. It's like I broke a barrier and I feel like a completely different person now. Growing up with the abuse received by Pa made me think that that's what I was worth, that I wasn't valuable, and that I was just a complete contrast to my sister Nettie who was perfect, and that everyone preferred her over me. Nettie believed I could fight against Pa, same with Mr, who also abused me after she left me, leaving to live under the same roof as him. Don't let them run you over, you got to fight, were Nettie's words that remarked to me and that are still in my head up to this point. Before, I knew how to stay alive. I wasn't a rebellious person, so I didn't know how to fight back. However, when I started opening up to Suga and Sophia about my abusive trauma and my received treatment, they were the ones who pushed me to fight back and start saying no to things, rather than nodding and obeying them. Yes, I know how you must feel now, freed from all this pressure. Thanks to Sophia and Shug, who helped you build this courage and see that you're worth it. Now, Sophia and Shug, what could you say about Celie's change? Well, she became free after breaking free from the cage she's been trapped in for so many years. I remember the first time my husband Harpo actually tried abusing me, but I ended up abusing him. 
by abusing me fighting back, which I ended up hurting him, but that's what he deserved for even trying. And later that day, you silly came up to me and said it was you uh, who went to Harbaugh and told him to abuse me because you were jealous of me. And when I asked why, it was because you didn't know how to fight back. And that's when you told me about your trauma with your stepfather. Oh yeah, I remember. And that later that day we sewed and I told you everything we've gone through. I agree with you, Sophia. Sally has been set free and changed her way of viewing herself. She's been through so much and she deserves better. When I first met Sally, she was probably the quietest person I have ever met. She was quieter than a library. However, as Sophia mentioned, as Sally slowly began to open up, both me and Sophia tried helping her on a few occasions when Mr. wasn't around. Thanks to both you and Sophia, I was able to appreciate myself and all these qualities that Mr. would find disturbing. And once I built this self-esteem, I was able to stand against him. You're welcome. Remember when I told you that I thought that it pissed God off if you walk past the color purple in a field and didn't notice it? Yeah, I remember. That helped me view things differently. What did you mean by that, Chug? Uh, let me see how I can explain it differently. Um, so what I'm trying to say is that if you miss out the color purple, metaphorically, it's like you are missing out on a personal growth and empowerment, which makes sense for Sally's context. Oh, okay. It's like the color purple is an outstanding thing in the field, in the field that you're talking about. And that if she pays attention to it, she can personally grow. However, if she skips it ahead of it or ignores it, she keeps on being stuck being the same person. Exactly. But with that metaphor, let's say, it could be applied in different situations, right? Yeah, of course. Oh, okay, okay, got it. Well, I think we could go take a break and go for an interval. Wait, I wanted to say something before going on a break. Before, uh, when I was younger, I think a bit younger than you, silly, uh, when you first started receiving the abuse from Pa, I was also mistreated. But it was from a younger age. I grew up in a house full of men back in rural Georgia, which continues to be a patriarchal society where men, where men hold the most power. A girl isn't safe in a family of men. I wasn't safe in a family of men. Like both me and Silly, men in our lives have taken control over our thoughts, actions, and opinions. They basically spoke for us. As I was saying, I grew up in a family of men. And from a young age, I was fighting for myself. I had to fight against my daddy, my brothers, my cousins, my uncles. Not gonna lie, I expected that from you. Yes, me too. Like, I've wondered for how long you've been with this resilient woman. Well, now we know. But what you were saying, as I said before, I felt the exact same way as you. The effect of all my past trauma left me a scar. The scar of being scared of men. Now I don't even look at them. I just look at women because I know I'm not scared of them. And that around them I felt safe. I don't want to say I know what you must feeling or... I completely understand or I can relate, girly, because I deeply can't really feel what you felt years ago. And even now, so I hope and I wish you feel better and you view yourself more worth it and now know how to stand up against what you believe is right for you because it's what you deserve. Okay, we'll be going on a break quickly and we'll be back shortly.
Dear world, it's me, Janisha. Giselle, it's me, Ruthie. I'm writing to let you know. The only person I want to be is me. I am. Big goals for myself. And I can't let you or anyone stand, stand in my way. Stand in my because way. I could do anything I try. And I always try. I always try. Dear world, this is what it feels like to be me. This is what it feels like to be a girl. To be a girl. Sincerely, Carla. LaBria. Jordan. Sinceramente, Jessica. Samantha. Sincerely, a girl. Siempre nos han llamado el sexo débil. Ojalá todos tuvieran nuestra fuerza. Nuestra fuerza para luchar contra el mundo. Nuestra fuerza para salir adelante a pesar de tener todo en contra. Para crear y dar vida. Para nunca rendirse y seguir adelante. Para romper estereotipos. Para luchar contra el cáncer. Para exigir igualdad y no ser tachadas de locas. Porque cuando nos juntamos, logramos cosas asombrosas, no solo porque unimos fuerzas, sino porque demostramos que siempre hemos estado acá, porque cada vez sobresalimos más. Por eso podemos decir algo muy cierto, las mujeres ticas sabemos llegar muy lejos. Well guys, today's podcast episode is coming to an end. But before wrapping up, Silly, I have a question for you. I've been wondering, it's not really an important question, but I've been wondering about it um, before we went on a break. That you mentioned about you and Sophia sewing something the day Sophia got abused by Harpo. Would you mind sharing what it was that you sewed? Yeah, of course. Uh, both me and Sophia built a quilt since we were having a deep conversation on each other's secrets and things we just wanted to let go of. And we thought that talking about it and making the quilt could connect us more, you know, like creating a stronger connection between us. Yeah, sometimes there are moments in which you just have to open up to someone and let everything out. Everything that's been going through your mind, everything that you've been, been experiencing. And I think that doing that while also deeply bonding, in this case, you making the quilt with Sophia, was something that made you to create a special bond and unity between each other. So guys, um, I think that's it for today. Thank you so much, Silly, Shook, Sophia, and of course, Alice, for coming here today. It's been a pleasure talking with you. And for everyone else, thanks for listening to She Speaks with your host, Anna Manor. I hope you enjoyed our deep dive into the conversation of sisterhood and oppression which for some of you may feel identified depending on the situation you're going through. As always, you can head over to our Instagram at She Speaks Podcast and tune in to the next woman coming over to our show. Once again, thank you so much for tuning in and I'll see you next week. Bye-bye.